Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. How are y'all doing this morning? Amen. How many love Jesus? Amen. How many recognize that we're in the last days? Amen. I'm going to just read something out of Matthew um, chapter 24. It says this, verse 9 through 14. It says, uh, Then you will be handed over and persecuted, put to death, and you'll be hated by all the nations because of me. And at the time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But you, the one who stands firm, the endless will be saved. And his gospel and his kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Second Timothy verse chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 says, And mark this, uh, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will become lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, pride, abusive, um, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, lovers, not lovers of good, but treacherous, uh, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, they de- uh, deny the power thereof and have nothing to do with such people. Do you, well, let me, let me go to one more. Jeremiah chapter 12, if you can keep up with me. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse uh, 1 through 5. It says, And O the Lord, the uncompromising, righteous, and con- uh, consistently just, when I plead my case with you. Yet let me discuss in issues of justice with you. So that you, um, as, why, as the way the wicked are prospered, why are those who deal trustly deceit um, at ease are thriving? You have planted them, and they have taken root. They grow, and they produce fruit. They are honored by their hypoc- uh, hypocritical lips, and then are far from the heart, and far, but far from your heart and mind. But you, Lord, and me understand my devotion to you, and you see, and you examine the attitude of my heart, and you drag out um, the faithless like sheep to the slaughter, O Lord, that they may be set for the slaughter of the day. Uh, how, how long must we mourn in the, the, the land mourn and the grass of the country wither because of the wickedness and the hypocrisy of those who live in it? And the beasts of the fields and the birds consume and are swept away by the drought because the men are mocking me and they have um, and will not live long to see what happens in the final end. And then it says, The Lord rebuked Jeremiah for his impatience, saying, If you have raced with men on foot and and they have tired you out, how then will you compete with horses? And then if if you fall down in a land of peace... Then, where you feel secure, how will you then, um, among the lions and the flooded thicket, uh, uh, say that again, and then how will you do among the lions and the flooded thicket beside the Jordan? So, all that to be said, do you believe that we're in the end times? 
Did you see how many times it talks about lovers of something else rather than lovers of God? Um, one of the things that, if you've looked at the, the trends, and I think they're pretty obvious, um, all the world right now is to do, uh, try to do everything that they can not to offend anybody. Have you kind of noticed that trend? You've got to be careful what you say. Uh, we've got monuments that have been taken down. We've had changes of football and baseball teams because they uh, would offend certain um, races and classes of people. All those things have actually more elevated and, and brought to, to, to heightened our um, uh, offense towards these things than ever before. Have you noticed that? All right. So one of the things that I, I've, I've, I guess I've been dealing with this for, I'd say, three, three or four months, is that one of the things that when offense is taken... Um, and you can see it within our nation that division becomes comes about. And I feel like the Lord wants, wants me to share this morning um, about the areas of offense. And so um, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to... Um, let's go to... Well, first of all, let me go to this. Um, a couple weeks ago, Pastor um, Kurt was sharing that about some of the schemes of the enemy. And one of the schemes of the enemy right now is for us to take the bait of uh, offense. How many understand that? I mean, I'll just be, be brutally honest. Um, it doesn't matter almost anything that I would watch on TV or listen to the radio that won't offend me in some way. I mean, I can even agree with some of the things that are being spoken, and that offends me to make me mad. And then I li listen to some of the other media, and, I'm, and that makes me mad. There, everything that, and so there has to be a carefulness on our part, the Scripture says, to what we take into our heart. Let, let me read you this Scripture in, in Proverbs. It says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, and above all, guard um, for out of it, flows the, the springs of life. And so everything that we take through our eye and ear gate will have an expression in our heart if we allow it to either contaminate or allow it to bring life within our spirit. Can you say amen to that? So, so right, if, if I read all those other scriptures about the last days because we are in perilous times and you are, it's an open season for exposure for injury. And how many know when you get injured, it's very easily to get offended? And so, um, let me give you an expression of this um, for myself. Um, when we, we moved over here from um, Nebraska, and we pastored, uh, Becky and I pastored there for about five years, and um, we referred to Nebraska as our Nebraska experience. Um, it, it wasn't very good. And... Um, and, we, and we, got, we got beat up pretty good, and we went to a, a resurrection fellowship. And in fact, the Lord brought us to Colorado to go to church at Res, um, to get healed, really. And, um, and so uh, not long after that, that was in 99, what year was 9-11? Uh, was that like 02, 01, 02? Okay, so um, I was working on a job. And um, the, uh, 
the 9-11 hit, I was actually could remember um, listening to, I thought, well, that's kind of, it was on the radio, and it's like, and it actually was said, well, there's a little, little plane just went into the, one of the Twin Towers, and, and then, of course, the whole thing escalated, and at that job, I was, I'd worked for this company for the first time, I was doing interior trim, and um, uh, I had to change out some trim on one of the doors, and the young superintendent um, wasn't real good at his job. Um, did, you know, oftentimes I'd get to the job and he wouldn't have the materials for me so that I'd have to go to another job. That kind of gets a little irritating. And, um, and anyway, I went the extra mile, took some casing off the store, retrimmed it, and saved the casing so the, pl- the painter didn't have to come back and redo the, the finishes on it. And he said something to me. And I won't say what he said, but he said something to me that just absolutely offended me. And um, I'm embarrassed to say I wanted to punch the kid. Um, I, I mean, I haven't had that since I was in school, but I literally wanted, I was just, I was livid. And, and to be honest with you, um, I said some things that can't not be repeated in this, in this uh, room t- today. I mean, I was, I mean, you know, the scripture says from the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak, and baby, I let it fly. <laughs> and um, the homeowner was there, um, and I, I just literally, I, I had to run from that place. And I ran from that place, and I went, I went to, to Rez, and I found one of the pastors there, and, and of course, when you've been offended... You've, you need to justify your offense. And so I went and, and went and told this pastor all the things that this guy had done. And, and, the, and then the last straw of how he just, he just, what I, I did with excellence and kind of went the extra mile, he just like belittled it. And so I'm just spewing all this justification out. And I don't know if you guys ever do that when you get um, offended. And, and after that, uh, we prayed a little bit, and um, he did all the praying. I just did the listening. And, uh, and right away, the Holy Spirit just, just, I mean, literally just, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, just, just hit me. And I knew what I was supposed to do. So I... I uh, called the company, and I called the secretary, and I said, I need to set up a meeting tomorrow with the president and the supervisors and whoever else wants to be there, and I I need to to talk with them. And so she set it up and came in, and we were in the conference room, and and I went in there, and I I told them, I said, "Um, I don't know if you've ever had this before, but um, what I... I did yesterday how I spoke. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. It wasn't right. And I'm not here to talk about why it happened. I'm not here to justify anything. I'm just here to tell you that I'm sorry. And I need to ask your forgiveness for how I represented your company, how I represented the Lord, and how I represented myself. And I need to ask your forgiveness. And something, 
something happened in me. And see, this is the thing that, that God's trying to do with us as his people. Something happened in me where I didn't have to defend myself. I didn't have to justify myself. I could just ask forgiveness because I knew I was completely out of line. And I actually... talk about this a little bit more, but actually the Lord started to develop with me a kind of a limp. I started to, I started to walk a little differently. And, and see, one of the things about humility, God throws his, all of his grace at humility. It says in James, he says he, that he, he lavishes, he gives grace to the humble. And there was something in me that broke in me. Is this making any sense to any of you? And so um, when that happened, I, I, I wasn't out of my angry years. We, it was about 10 years of my time here. We call that, my kids call dad's angry years. And, uh, and so, so the transformation didn't take place, but there was an increment of something in my heart. And see, that's how he, that's how he works just increments of, if, if you'll be willing to humble yourself, okay, I'll give you grace for that to continue on to your next thing. And so um, that happened, and I, I tell you that not as, certainly not as to boast anything, but sometimes we need to know how God breaks that thing of offense. You understand what I'm saying? There's something in us as far as pride, wanting to defend ourselves, that says, and wanting to justify our offense so that, that we can hang on to it. And I'll tell you something about offense. Offense, the, the scripture says that um, it's a stumbling block, it's an obstacle, it's a means like of entitlement to an idol, and it's a cause to fall. Um, when, we, when offense is, is embraced, and, and we all have the choice to pick it up, See, we give away our power when we pick up offense. Our power is to forgive. Our power is to release. But when we pick up the rock of offense and hang on to our pride and our, our unforgiveness, that's the, those are the seeds that begin to be planted in our hearts. And it says to be careful what you allow into our heart. That's the, those are the seeds that the enemy uses then to start to develop a root of bitterness. And out of a root of bitterness, then all of a sudden you've got division. Are you with me? Now, I'm saying that it doesn't have to be in the house here. Certainly that's the enemy's desire. But what about within our own homes and our marriages? How many times we've been offended with our mate and something's got, a wedge has been put in there and all of a sudden we've got a division and then in some cases you've probably maybe even experienced divorce. But the enemy is not, he's not clever. This, is the same, this thing's been working so well for so many thousands of years, he's still doing it. But we need to talk about it. We need to understand it and we need to shut the door to it. Amen? So, um, because I, I, I'm a long-winded, 
I am really kind of trying to be careful with the time today. So are you okay with me right now? I, I think I've got 25 minutes, all right? Um, I, want you to look, I want to look at some scriptures how Jesus dealt with offense. So if you would go with me to, um, let's see, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 first. It says this in the New International Version. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters. Now how many know that that can be a reference to us? Did you know that we are servants to, of the Lord? So, you know, this is not some foreign scripture just for slaves. This is actually in relationship to our, to our Lord, okay? So let me read on. For those who do good are considerate, um, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of the unjust and suffering because of the conscience of God. But how is it to the credit of you to receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. There was no deceit found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Let me read that last part again. Instead, he entrusted himself to, do, uh, to him who judges justly. How many know that we have a God, a Father, that judges justly? And if you go back, if you go back to Jeremiah that we read, Jeremiah was wrestling with God because he saw uh, the wicked prospering and he said, how is a just God, what is a just God allowing these guys to prosper? Some of you are wondering, how in this nation are we living, why is God allowing some of the things that he's allowing within our nation? Can you say amen to that? That's not a very rousing amen, but it's true. Because God is the one who's just. And, and, and part of offense, people who take offense, oftentimes want to see justice themselves rather than allowing God to bring justice in that matter. Are you hearing me? Okay, let's look at another scripture. Um, go with me to uh, Philippians chapter 2. Um, let's see, let's, so start with ver verse 5. In your relationship with one another, have the mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used um, to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in the likeness of man and being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient even death, uh, to even death on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that was above every name and the name of Jesus that every knee should bow and every and, uh, under heaven and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Ephesians says this in chapter 4, verse 3, as a prisoner, this is Paul speaking, 
then I urge you to live your life worthy of the calling that you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. And make it every effort to be, keep the unity through the spirit of the body of peace. Ephesians, or Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love never fails. Love is, um, does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. does not t- dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no records of wrong. So, Jesus did what? Not hard. What did he do? He humbled himself. That's part of our journey, folks. Humility. To take up our cross to follow Christ. Um, I, was, uh, I was with my kids in Wyoming a couple of weeks ago, and we went up to uh, outside of Buffalo to the Bighorn Mountains. And um, some of you know that I broke my foot um, last year, wonderful 2020. And, um, and I was walking with one of my friends. I'll get back to the story. I was walking with one of my friends around Lake uh, Windsor. Um, I don't know, it was Tuesday this week. he just gone through heart surgery, and he's doing laps around. So we did a couple laps. And my other foot, I, I broke this, my right foot. My left foot um, has residual from a back surgery. And so I have a clapper or a slapper. So when I walk, this one, I, kind of, I don't have lift in it. So it slaps. And so uh, Bob Spaulding is who I was walking. Bob said, I, I hear that you're bad foot. I said, no, that's my other bad foot. And, uh, and so when I went hiking, up in the, in the Bighorns, uh, really gnarly getting up there. I mean, uh, we drove my pickup in, and it's actually faster to, to walk to get in there than it was to drive in there. And we, we walked up to the lake. It's about four miles. You have to cross the river to get to the lake. And, um, and then it's about four miles back. And so I walked in, and I was really having a hard time because I, I, did, I couldn't this one used to be my good foot, and so I really didn't have any good feet, and, and I, was, I was stumbling. And at one point, um, I walked along the edge of the river trying to find a place where I could get, get over without having to go through it, and I couldn't find one. And I fell through the sod about this far, and this whole, this whole leg got submerged, and it just got all scraped up and everything, and, and I thought, man, this is... I'm, I'm in bad shape. So the story even gets worse. So I, I, we got up to the lake. We, we, didn't, we weren't going to fish because uh, my son Justin had a friend. He just wanted to see the lake, and then we were going to come back down. So I decided I was going to come back down to the camp early so I could set up camp and get things arranged for eating that night. And so you, you, the, the trail kind of drops down into the lake and then back up, and then another trail takes off to the right, and it stair steps between the seven lakes as you go. Well, I didn't notice, but I came up, and I kind of veered to the, to the right, going down a trail this way, which I didn't even know really was there. But I, had my, I was very conscious of where I was putting my feet, and I got... So about, I'd say probably a mile down the thing, I'm saying, this kind of looks different. And um, 
And so I got my phone out, got my GPS, and um, I said, well, I'm getting closer to the truck. That's a good sign. So maybe this is another, another trail to the truck. And um, so I kept going. I kept getting closer. And then all of a sudden, the trail started to veer off uh, away from my vehicle. And so I thought, well, maybe I could traverse across the, the, the field. And you've got all these dead branches everywhere. I thought, oh, that's crazy. That I'll, I'll make my, this even worse. So I'd, I'd hiked two and a half miles the wrong way. And, and then I said, well, I've got to go back to the lake and then back down to the trail on the right way. Well, during that time, I picked up this. And I found that all of a sudden, I had more stability with, with the staff, with, 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 you know, let's get it spiritual, with the word. I, I had more balance. I had, I thought, well, man, I'm, what if something comes out? <laughs> Give me. You know, your mind wanders in the, in the wilderness when you're out there, you know. You're just like, oh, man. <laughs> and and I, 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 I was kind of talking. You kind of talk to the Lord when you've kind of gone the wrong way. And, um, and so I was talking to the Lord, and I'd been, I now have been hiking because we, we hiked up at 11. That was probably closer to 5 o'clock. So I've hiked for six hours. And so, and by the time I finally got to camp, it had been, I'd actually hiked for eight hours, probably put 13, 13 miles on during that time. And, um, and, and the Lord was just, just, and I, I feel like this is part of the, 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 the little, literal story. Sometimes God uses physical things to present something spiritual to our lives. And, and the Lord was just saying, he wanted to be my staff. He wanted me to lean on him. He wanted me to know that he could protect me. He got, you know, that I could have balance as I walked with him. And, um, and so I kept, I kept this bad boy. And um, I'm going to varnish him up a little bit. Because God's not embarrassed if you have a limp. In fact, he actually likes it. And I don't know what your limp might be, but it has to do with your humility. And if you're willing to walk with a limp before the Lord, allow him to wrestle and win like he did with Jacob. Jacob went out of there, it says he was touched in his hip, physical hip. But you know, Jacob never walked the same again, not only in the natural, but also in the spirit realm as well. Amen? And so, uh, I'm saying... People, let's let, allow God to take us through the process of humility. Because the reason the process of humility is so important to God is, see, that's where unity dwells. And see, I go back to the scripture when you get a chance to in Jeremiah. It says the horsemen are coming. And see, I don't know if you know, but the, the enemy, the, the Antichrist spirit is coming. It's at full rage against the house of God. And the only way we're going to be able to stand is that we're united. That we've allowed God to bring us, take us through the process of humility. Amen. That I want to see this man prosper in the things of God. I want to see him go where he's never thought to go. I want to see my brother here. I want to see the area of influence for prayer to inspire and to increase in the kingdom in this area like he never has before. 
I want to see these young people. I want to see them in their, in their areas of destiny already beginning to, to take a claim for the things that God wants to use them for. I want to see you prosper in the things that God has chosen. I do not want to see the enemy steal any more from the house of God. And so one of the things that happens when humility starts, I'd rather see you prosper than myself. I'd rather see you see the things of God rather than just to receive them for myself. And I want to just read a couple of things that the Lord had me chat, chat, or jot down. <laughs> jot down. Sorry about that. See, one of the things when you walk with a limp, um, you don't care if the credit goes to somebody else. When you walk with a limp, you don't have to have all the answers. When you have no reputation, when you, uh, you have no reputation, it doesn't matter to you. When you're falsely accused, you don't have to find yourself defending yourself. If you have an odd against your brother, you're quick to go and seek forgiveness rather than to justify your position. This is a good one. You can let someone use you or take advantage of you. When you worship, your focus is more on what Jesus is receiving than what you're getting. I'll close with this one thing. Um, every year I try to do as the Lord leads, um, kind of my business to give back to something. Um, Bruce, Dennis, electrician, you guys all know him. I asked him to jump in with this gal. And in fact, I looked at her project. This was right at the first of COVID last year. And I actually looked at the project. I'm a builder. Looked at it and I said, I told her no. And... Um, I told her I was busy, and it was just her, uh, some, car, some other builder had come in there and just literally just wrecked her kitchen. It was just, it was hideous. And um, so I, I said no. And, um, and so anyway, I'm hanging with the Lord a couple days later, and the Lord just highlights her to me. And, she, and he says, you need to go take care of her. So I solicited Bruce. So this is, the, this is the gig, man. So the Lord's saying I need to go and, and take care of this gal at no expense. So would you want to jump in? Well, he looked at it. He said, dude, you know, this is what it's costing. And I said, well, okay. You just ask the Lord. And, um, and I think it was, was $1,900 was your, your quote, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't remember. And um, so I said, well, you just pray about it. And he was, he was going to do all the electrical work. Um, this, this guy had actually cut through structural beams. We had to go back through and, and fix things structurally. Uh, the duct work was all done wrong. There was, there was pieces of wire that were spliced without it being in a box, just hanging in the wall. Um, it was an absolute mess. And, um, and so we, we did it. I mean, uh, Kerry Blythe was a part of that. He, he helped with that as well. I think Joshua Montez did the painting on it. Um, turned in, and, and this, this gal would say, well, why are you doing this? She's not a believer. Why are you doing this? I said, I'm just doing it because God said. 
And, um, and so she could not understand it. She couldn't figure it out. She came, in fact, she came last year to the women's uh, retreat. She heard about it. She said, well, I'm going to come. And she sat next to Beck and said they were praying over somebody. Well, who gives them permission to pray like that? You know, she, she completely didn't know anything about the Lord at all. But, you know, this is what, I don't know how many people came up to me during that time and said, well, how do you know she was telling you the truth? How do you know she didn't have the money? How do you know she's not taking you? And I said, you know, I don't. But it doesn't matter. Because that's what my God asked me to do. And see, it's not about, see, when, when, when offense is taken care of, it's no longer about us. It's about who we're serving. Amen? And so, um, I just wanted to expose a little bit this morning of the enemy's tactics. He's very good at it. He doesn't have to come in just to us personally. He can come in through our friends. We can pick up an offense from a friend. We can, it doesn't even have to be real. Let me tell you a story, because I'm, I'm a good storyteller. Um, I was in Montana, we, Becky and I lived in Montana, and um, I had a friend tell me about a couple of farmers, and they had gotten a little sideways about irrigating, and so they were kind of at odds with one another. And one of the farmers had a breakdown in his truck, one of his tar, uh, tires um, went flat, and so, but he didn't have a jack, and the only option that he had was going to the neighbor that he had been sideways with to go talk to him and ask for his jack. So he's walking about a mile, two miles, gets up on the door, and he knocks on it. Guy answers. He said, oh, just keep your stinking jacket. It needed anyway. And then it continued on. He had bought into the fact, he had bought into the fact that because of the offense that he'd had with them before, that he wasn't going to give them his jack in the first place. See, sometimes the things that the enemy feeds on us don't even necessarily a reality. They can, be, they can be out of our imagination, out of, the, out of the heart of offense. Is this making sense this morning? So, so my, I believe God's heart and prayer for us is that if you have been offended, God wants to heal that. Um, if, if you have problems with forgiveness, God wants to say, hey, it's better for you to forgive to hang on, than to hang on to unforgiveness. I mean, we pray it all the time. Forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors. The, the scriptures and the Beatitudes, the Lord is merciful, gives mercy to the merciful. As soon as you block up un, with unforgiveness, you block up to yourself. So I didn't expect to get a lot of arousing amens and yes. Yes, I love dealing with offense and unforgiveness. And, yes, I just love all that stuff. But I do believe that if we're made aware of it and we need to talk about it and we need to deal with it righteously, that we're going to see the enemy now have no place in this house. And so I'd rather, I'd rather see, speak something meaty this morning for us to have liberty and for God to bless us with supernatural unity. Supernatural unity. The scripture says, if, if you only love those that love you, what good is that? Even the world does that. But we've got this supernatural bond of love that goes beyond just our agreeing on some, that we could actually disagree and still have a super love for each other. The world's looking for that. They're looking for that. They're looking for something that's real. 
to look. In fact, they, would, they want to see something before you have anything to say. They want to see the reality of us and our walk and relationship rather than just the words that we might ex- express. Does that make sense? And so I'm asking, I believe in God wants to make this house fruitful. Fruitful. This is a love issue. Love is not easily offended and does not keep record of wrong. That's our motto. That's how we live. We live that way as husbands and wives. We live that way at work. We live that way in the body of Christ in the church. We live that way in the world. And I'm telling you, someone will begin to see a difference. Amen. Let's stand. Father, I guess I'm, I'm praying, Lord, that you bring a lot of us to a place of limping. That we'll allow you to empty ourselves as you, Jesus, you emptied yourself. And you became a servant to all, God. I pray, Lord, that there'd be such a preference for one another, such a love, God. It has to be you, God. And so, Lord, we just invite the work of your spirit here this morning. Father, just to say, Lord, yeah. Father, I've, I've been one that's been a, easily offended in God. I, I need that changed in me. I need that changed, Lord. Would you change that within me? Would you, would you allow me to walk with a limp? Let me trust you, God, with my life, that I can walk with a limp and not have, have to have control and protection over my life, knowing you do. And so, Lord, we ask, Father, that this morning, this would not just be something, Lord, that we hear but something that, Father, you would impart by your spirit in us. I've got to have that, God. Got to have. I don't have that now, but I've got to have that, Lord. That place of humility, God, that you walked in, Lord. And so, Lord, I just speak that, Father, over my brothers and sisters this morning, God. Because, Lord, I believe you've got something supernatural ahead of us. As we yield, Father, to the work of your spirit, God, to bring us down to a place of hum- humility, God. And Father, you said that those would humble themselves, Lord, that you would exalt them. And Lord, you, Father, are coming for a church that was without spot or wrinkle. You want to bring your bride, Father, to a place that she's really ready, Father, for you to come. And Father, I pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, that, Father, that you would saturate the word, God, not just in our mind, but in our spirit this morning. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.